Welcome to the RTI Time Machine. Today's time traveler is John Van Trieste. And the destination, the 19th century. It's said that Taiwan has four famous gardens, each one a masterpiece of late imperial Chinese rule. But one of these is more than just a garden. Here, the layers of Taiwan's history collide, all within the space of a leisurely stroll. This is Wu's Garden, a central landmark in the southern city of Tainan, and the legacy left behind by one of the city's wealthy inhabitants. Here to tell us more about Wu's Garden and its history is Ye Shan, head of Tainan's Cultural Affairs Bureau. Wu Wu Shangxin was a man who made a great amount of money during his lifetime. He was born around 1795 into a world in which salt could bring fabulous riches. This isn't just because salt is necessary for life, which it is, or because the techniques used to produce salt at the time were labor-intensive, which they were. Salt was a source of wealth because it was subject to a government monopoly, a monopoly Wu Shangxin happened to get in on. The city of Tainan, sitting atop the marshes of Taiwan's southwest coast, is a great spot for salt production. But there was a problem. The salt pans among the coastal lagoons were often washed away by natural disasters like typhoons. Wu had the fortune of being asked by the local prefect to open a new source of salt. This he did, going northward into what's now the next county over from Tainan. There, somewhere near what's now a small harbor town, he built up a more secure source of salt. Not only that, Mr. Ye says, but he also improved the existing techniques to increase yields and quality. Mr. Ye says that sometime around 180 years ago, the prosperous salt merchant ordered a garden to be built. To get the land he would need for it, it's said that he first bought a historically significant house, a house dating back to Tainan's earlier days as a Dutch outpost over a century before. Back then, this land was home to He Bin, a Dutch-Chinese translator. He was part of the cast of characters, all by then beyond living memory, who'd been involved in the dramatic downfall of the Dutch colony here. Now, this land was the property of the salt merchant Wu Shangxin, and it was incorporated into his garden-building project. Mr. Ye says that the garden occupied the center courtyard of his home, which, in the traditional manner, was made up of four wings forming a square. A garden of the scale Wu Shangxin was thinking of was a rarity in Taiwan which was considered to be on the edges of the empire. Still, the island was home to people like Wu Shangxin, who Mr. Ye says would have crossed the Taiwan Strait regularly on business. On his trips to mainland China, he would have picked up ideas about cultural taste. 
建筑者他们来看呢、啊，哈、哦，他是说比较仿照是漳州那边的一个庭园。One architectural source notes similarities between Wu's Garden and gardens in the city of Zhangzhou, a coastal city on the opposite side of the Taiwan Strait. Certainly, at least the designers and craftsmen involved in building Wu's Garden did come from mainland China. Gardens in this period weren't just there to look pretty or to provide a brief respite from work. For someone of Wu Shangxin's stature. They were places where important and cultured guests would have gathered to do things like recite poetry. 早期台南这个地方就是政治啊、经济啊、文化的一个中心，所以这些文人雅士都聚集在。The city of Tainan had long been the capital and center of Chinese culture on Taiwan, and so Tainan was where many of the sorts of wealthy and scholarly people who might be invited to a garden like this were concentrated. Today, Mr. Ye says it's still possible to see where cultural activities would have taken place. A sort of pavilion remains standing where the sophisticated Nanguan music, appreciated by the upper class, would have once been performed. Other features of Wu's garden that would have impressed distinguished guests included a fine pond, perfect for reflecting the moon, and what was called a false mountain, a craggy stone pile meant to imitate real mountains in miniature. It said that Wu Shangxin once buried part of his worldly treasure beneath this mountain, and a path still allows visitors to explore its rocky crevices today. By the time of Wu Shangxin's death in 1848, the garden would have been well known to locals, and it was on its way to being celebrated as one of Taiwan's four great gardens. But much of its original layout is something visitors today can only imagine. That's because by the time of Wu Shangxin's grandson, times had changed. Japan in 1895, when he came to Taiwan, there were some important ceremonies that were held there. In 1895, imperial Chinese rule came to an end, and in its place came 50 years of colonial rule from Japan. At first, the Japanese authorities made use of the esteem Wu's Garden already held in local life, using it as an assembly place for meetings with the local gentry. As Japan's rule over Taiwan continued, though, the colonial authorities decided to make Wu's descendants an offer they couldn't refuse. The authorities brought political pressure to bear so that they would be forced to part with a chunk of their ancestors' property. Around a hectare of the land was sold off in all. A good part of the original land. The remaining area isn't large, and you won't get lost like you might in the tangled mazes of some other gardens. But this part of the story is actually part of what makes Wu's garden interesting. This Wu Yuan Gong Hui Tang, it's about completed. It's about 1911. That time, doing this. Just a few steps away from the lavish delights of Tainan's cultured past came a symbol of a new world. A building in an ornamental Western style, covered in Baroque flourishes. This new structure, built in 1911, was called the Tainan Public Assembly Hall. Here, atop the salt merchant's old lands, public gatherings could be held, and government decrees could be read out. And here, on a place where poetry recitals might once have been held, the new foreign-style building was also rented out for new foreign-style weddings, both Japanese and Western. 
Mr. Ye says old photos from the period still show what these new style ceremonies looked like. To add to these layers of history, there is also, of course, our own time as well. In 1945, when World War II ended, the 50 years of Japanese rule over Taiwan ended too. In the years since then, the site of Wu's Garden has become a part of Tainan's urban landscape, with apartment blocks around and a modern amphitheater of sorts facing the garden to one side. From the steps of the amphitheater, visitors can take in the whole view, a modern cityscape, a turn-of-the-century meeting hall, a gentleman's garden from the 19th century, and somewhere beneath it all, the foundations of a house dating back to Tainan's earliest days. It's a small area, but it is the story of a city in miniature, nevertheless. Today, Mr. Ye says, this complex continues to be more than just a historical relic. It's now used instead as a performing arts center. In this way, Wu's Garden and the former Tainan Assembly Hall are being put to use to enrich the lives of Tainan citizens today. I'm John Van Trieste, and I hope you'll join me again next week for another journey through time. Listen! Are you listening? <laughs> this is the sound of my country. This is the sound of Taiwan. Taiwan.